0: Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. Love one another as I have loved you. That is Christ's new commandment, His Last Supper gift to the Church, to all of us, that allows us to become co-redeemers with Him, to be His partners in the extension of His kingdom to every corner of our own lives and to every corner of this beautiful fallen world. With His grace at work in us, our choices to love as Christ loves truly can be the catalyst for growth in holiness, happiness, and supernatural fruitfulness day by day. Many of the ways we express this love, the works of mercy, as Catholic spirituality traditionally calls them, are not available to us every day. We can only bury the dead and visit the sick occasionally, for example, but there is something that all of us do every day that if we want, can become a constant expression of Christ-like love. Talk. We talk every day, all the time. We talk with our voices, and we also talk with the words we put in our text messages, our emails, and our social media interventions. We are constantly communicating with words. But how often do we recognize in this flow of talk a chance to love like Christ? This conference is an attempt to help us recognize it and take advantage of it all the time. In the New Testament letter of St. James, the scriptures dramatically highlight speech, human communication, as a privileged sphere of Christian activity and virtue. In James chapter three, we read, We all fall short in many respects. If anyone does not fall short in speech, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body also. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we also guide their whole bodies. It is the same with ships. Even though they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot's inclination wishes. In the same way, the tongue is a small member, and yet has great pretensions. These are vivid images about how the power of our words, the tongue, in St. James's vocabulary, can influence our lives and the lives of those around us. But he doesn't stop there. In the next few verses, he continues with even more vivid and attention-grabbing comparisons. He writes... Consider how small a fire can set a huge forest ablaze. The tongue is also a fire. It exists among our members as a world of malice, defiling the whole body and setting the entire course of our lives on fire, itself set on fire by Gehenna. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. This need not be so, my brothers. Malicious words can cause so much damage, and our fallen human nature gives us all a strong tendency to use words destructively. And yet St. James ends by saying this need not be so, my brothers. If human speech has powerful potential for evil, it must also have powerful potential for good. Our experience proves that this is the case. Just remember how many times the right word of advice, encouragement, mercy, or compassion has relieved a seemingly unbearable burden of stress, confusion, or disappointment. In a real sense, words have the power to give new life, to resurrect a soul stuck in the tomb of sadness, ignorance, or hopelessness. Words can do this. Words are powerful. The book of Proverbs puts it like this. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Think about the seven spiritual works of mercy. They all happen through words, through communication. Counseling the doubtful, comforting the afflicted, admonishing the sinner, forgiving injuries, instructing the ignorant, praying for the living and the dead. Even bearing wrongs patiently manifests itself through words, through resisting the temptation to lash out at someone who has wronged us with hurtful, vengeful speech. Words contain this power because words are linked to our spiritual core, to our heart. Language is something particularly human, connected to our being created in the image of God and called to communion with God through our friendship with Christ, who is the Word of God. Jesus pointed out this deeply spiritual and human significance of our words when he said, "'For from the fullness of the heart the mouth speaks.'" Every time we speak, every time we tweet or text, we have a chance to reflect outward the grace, truth, and Christ-like love dwelling in our hearts. And every time we do that, we build up the everlasting kingdom of Christ. To help us take full advantage of these opportunities and to help us experience the fulfillment that comes from loving as Christ loves, whether in deed, thought, or word, it will be useful to review the pitfalls to avoid and the target to shoot for in our words. This is especially important because today's post-truth culture of constant digital communication seems to have completely forgotten about even basic moral decency in this area. The most obvious sin in our words is lying. If we aren't speaking and communicating the truth without exaggeration or falsification, we are misusing the great gift of speech. By words, we are meant to build communion with others, connect with others, and foster authentic relationships and mutual understanding. Lies do just the opposite. And the funny thing is, whenever we lie once, we soon find ourselves having to keep on lying in order to keep the deception going. Lying, like all sins, spreads like an infection. When we spread lies about other people, the gravity of the sin increases. This type of lying is called calumny or slander. Spiritual writers through the ages have compared calumny to a kind of verbal murder. With our false words, we destroy other people's reputations and make it impossible for them to live normal, fruitful lives. We can do irreparable damage with calumny, which is why repenting from this sin always requires us to make an attempt to repair whatever damage we caused. We can also do damage to others even when we speak truthfully about them. We can talk to other people about their faults and failures, for example, when there is absolutely no need to do so. We can spread stories about their mistakes and their flaws. Stories that may be true, but that other people have no right to know, and that will change forever the way they see that person. This sin is called detraction, and it is common fodder for gossip and talebearing. This is an abusive use of the truth, and we should avoid it like the plague that it is, We should avoid doing it, and we should also stop it or refuse to listen when other people do it. Whenever we are speaking about other people, our basic rule of thumb should be to avoid saying or listening to anything that we wouldn't say if that person were in the room with us. That's a concrete application of our Lord's golden rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Flattery and boasting are other ways that we can deviate from the truth and use words to distort relationships instead of building authentic communion. And harsh, wounding, or destructive criticism is another way to abuse the truth. It is often the result of uncontrolled anger. When we see something that can be improved, we should choose the circumstances and manner of speaking about it that will build others up, not tear them down. This is what constructive criticism, loving and wise feedback, is all about. If we tend to keep falling into one of these sins on a regular basis, it would be worthwhile to reflect deeply on why. There could be some fear or self-protection mechanism at the root of the habit, something that needs to be touched by God's grace, healed and removed from the garden of our soul. Those are the destructive ways of using words that we should avoid. But what about the positive use of words? We have already reviewed the seven works of spiritual mercy, which open up a wide arena for loving others with Christ-like love through what we say. But I would like to finish this conference with a quotation from St. Paul, who gives a good summary of what we should strive for as Christians in our speech and communication. In his letter to the Ephesians, he writes... Do not use harmful words in talking. Use only helpful words, the kind that build up and provide what is needed so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. And do not make God's Holy Spirit sad, for the Spirit is God's mark of ownership on you, a guarantee that the day will come when God will set you free. Get rid of all bitterness, passion, and anger, No more shouting or insults, no more hateful feelings of any sort. Instead, be kind and tender hearted to one another, and forgive one another as God has forgiven you in Christ. Let's welcome the gift of Christ's new commandment, the gift he gave us at the Last Supper, so that we can actively cooperate with the flourishing of God's saving grace in our lives and in our world. And let's start with the handiest tools at our disposal. Our words. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.